Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello. You're not going to like this, but I have a special shout no, out to Kelly. No, what no, up, no, no. Kelly? Don't encourage. Don't encourage. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a listening podcast. Turn it off if you're in your car. <laughs> Holy cow. A okay. lot of stuff happened this week. Yeah. What is your case? Okay, let's, let's start from the beginning. Um, <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did you think about like that whole Carly Drew coming over? Like, I feel so bad. Like, it's like Carly's like, oh my God, like we're getting a divorce. It is what it is. But like, we have a shared experience when it comes to Jason and it's not like he doesn't care. Like he couldn't <laughs> like those two are in a bubble right now and they're so self-absorbed. Like they can't really care too much about other people at this point. So they show up. What did you think? It felt like a crossover show. Like there was crazy town and then there was like, you know, poor Charles. <laughs> I just, it's just need all huffing and puffing, like practically yes. like turning to Sunny, being like, oh my God, she's so mean to me. She means nothing to me, but she's also all I think about. Um, so that's <laughs> what I got in that <laughs> brief time with Sunny when he was all like, bye, you're amazing. Goodbye. Get out of my house. He, I think he legitimately said, which made it like twist the knife is you're a really great friend you know and all i heard echo was friend friend you're in the friend zone friend <laughs> but he kissed her earlier right <laughs> i mean not that i should be surprised or that it's a far stretch from looking at somebody who's trying to confront you but you're drinking and saying look I'm getting a divorce and you're here. And that, that threw her. She was like, that is so sweet that I forget what I was saying. Let's make out. So that's where they're at. Um, but like immediately, immediately. So he's the one who has her there. I'm assuming early in the morning. Cause she's like, I got to get to work. Dante's already stopped by. But like when Carly walks in, he's like, Oh, <laughs> what are you two doing here? He's like, you mean, your friend Drew, whose brother's right. Jason. He was giving a little bit of that third degree to to Drew as to why he's there. He was. There's a little bit of jealousy happening there, but I yep. love how Drew just stands his own ground, the way he looks at Sonny, and he also has that great stature. <laughs> yes, and like, honestly, Sonny didn't seem to care about the fact <laughs> that like Jason's death was avenged. He's like, oh, yeah, gosh, I, I was no. informed. I'm good. I'm good. My best friend is Stone. That's that's my best friend. (laughs) I mean, I told Nina about it, so it's done. He's my best friend right now. Isn't it it insane? Because you had said that last time, and I totally see it, right? Is that everything is in the past, right? Because he went way back. Oh, yeah. You know, and talking to Nina, everything is just in a different timeline. They might be back in Port Charles, but they're definitely in another timeline. And it's so indicative of, like, where he lives. Like, he, that's his old place where he used to live a long time ago. Like, they're really setting the stage for him. <laughs> yes. So he leaves. Carly's there. She's trying to keep it together. And she didn't really talk too much about Nina. Yes. Right? But in their conversation, he starts to, I guess his conscience gets the better of him. And he mm-hmm. decides to kind of tell her it may not be the best idea for um, Donna to come over. I was so relieved when he said that because I couldn't even imagine like how that story would have unfolded. Like him there with Nina or him, you know, drinking and just, it just, none of it was good. So I'm so glad that he actually said one good thing. 
I, I guess <laughs> this might seem silly, but it feels like that's the difference between him moving out into his penthouse. It feels more intimate in the sense that it's just him. Because mm -hmm. living at the mansion, I feel like that's where all the staff was. So when he was like, I want to keep the house, it would have made sense. Because even if he wasn't there, that house is more staffed. And True. like and like child friendly and different. And I think the yeah. difference was is that he was gonna be like more on his own. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, like people are gonna notice. Um, not that many rooms. So yeah, so like Carly was understanding about that, but she's also not dumb and she flashed back to Nina. Yeah. Trying and not trying at the same time to tell her a thing. You know what I mean? Like in Nina's logic, and we see a lot of that spill out this week, this idea of like you know, she could have called Carly. Like, the night before, it was, like, out of the question to call Carly. And not even Carly, <laughs> but, like, Michael or any human or even a bodyguard, right? A right? Body, any Anyone. But the following day at yoga, she felt the need to, like, try her not trying try. And so, basically, Carly realized what she was doing, that Nina was just trying to tell me the truth to clear her conscience. Exactly. Like, and, and I guess, and that flashback also made me think that she in that moment realizes that they're good for each other. <laughs> I like, I think so too, because at the end of the day, you can't argue with where Sonny's at. Like forget Nina. The point is yes. those are the two people in the marriage and whoever this guy is, is not anybody that she knows. And it's not who she signed up for. And it's certainly not a person who's willing to give his all because even when he's doing his grand gestures and saying he wants to be with her, he's still not even in a place to like make a commitment and commit to the choice of working on them. Because he's, he was still having secret meetings with Nina. Yes, exactly. So, like, there's that reality. But at the end of the day, like, even though, like, she leaves and Sonny's like, yeah, I'm going to sign this. The real winner was Carly, I found. Because, you know, he's at home. All this happens before, I don't know, 9 a.m. Because I'm thinking <laughs> people have to get to work early, so it has to be early. And so he's like, yeah, I'll just, like, sign my papers. But to me, I feel like she won because she's, like, she had them on her. Yes. Right? She didn't have to like go home. She was like, nah, like this is over. That was so weird. And it's done. I'm done. I honestly thought she was gonna sign it on the back of the bodyguard, but the bodyguard was gone. So she signed it on the wall. <laughs> like the fact that she was willing to sign it anywhere, any place, I find made her a little bit the winner there. Oh my god, it was such a power move because she is signing it on the wall to the place he lives. Like, I am so done with you. I could have signed it in the damn condo, but this is what we're going to do right now. Yeah. And so even better, like, I was, like, blown away. So Drew bumps into Nina at, yes. um, at Charlie's. Charlie's. I do want to make this quick comment, though. Mm -hmm. So, like, when Nina walks in, Harmony's on her way out. Yes. Okay. So there's that transition, right? Where where like Sean kind of calls Harmony and her crap because he obviously knows who she was sitting with. Yes. They exchange words, but I don't know if you noticed Harmony's reaction to Nina when Nina walked in. No, I didn't. What was it? Like she just had a reaction like on her face. <laughs> <laughs> like like I'm okay. I'll, I'll be good. I'll be good because I believe this was a Monday episode. So I thought it might make it easier for me to go back and find it, but I'll put it as a story for the weekend for people to awesome. see. Right. Okay. Just, just some clues there. Okay. I okay. stole your baby. So it's awkward that I see you running into Charlie's. <gasps> oh right? my God. Dots connecting. Got it. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> I thought you got it, but anyways. <laughs> 
Okay, so Nina, all like, ugh, Drew, like, gets in his face, assume that, like, he's chasing her down or whatever, and then he, like, thanks her for protecting Maxie, and once again, I'm like, why does she need props for not selling out Maxie? Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, why is everybody so, like, oh, so you did do a good thing. I, I'm, I'm not there. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get why she gets any props for, like, any of that. Um, anyway, but she starts to go on yes. and on and she really starts bringing up Carly mm-hmm. and I was shocked at Drew just sort of calling her on all of it it was beautiful like I felt he was the audience in that moment there was a lot of moments with Nina that I felt it was the audience's frustration and anger finally coming out because when he did congratulate her about Maxie I'm like oh my god where's this conversation going like Mm -hmm. Drew's really level-headed like what direction is this gonna go and then when it started I was like yes tell me more yes (laughs) like he didn't let anything slide like even when she was like it happened I can't change anything because that's Nina she doesn't really take accountability Mm -hmm. she just states what happened and says well I can't change it so like what do you want stop being sucky (laughs) Stopping sucking is what everybody wants. And so, so like, I love how he said, like, how convenient that you can't change the past, but you reserve the right to feel sorry for yourself and being called out on it. I was like, wow. And then when he called her out, and the fact is, like, oh, you don't care what Carly thinks, but but you you managed to slip Carly's name in there. And that's the kind of thing that I would, in all honesty, I would not expect a man to call her on. These are like the subtle little girl manipulations that we see. You know, this is kind of like, even if you just take an example of what it's like watching the like younger teen storyline. Yes. Like how many times have there been these like girl exchanges and the guys just kind of stand there being like, no, she seems nice. (laughs) not threatening that kind of thing right so the fact Mm -hmm. that he called her out on that subtle detail I was really impressed by that but I just find it to be the theme of the whole week there were so many scenes that happened where Mm -hmm. I find it was the voice of the audience and it also just feels like the tides are turning right because this has been a slowly you know unraveling the storyline yes and when Nina came to town and the truth came out, it was kind of hard to watch. It was quite brutal, right? We just felt like Carly and the family were taking hit after hit. Like, we saw everything that was going down, right? We yes. saw Sunny defending Nina. We saw all the secret meetings. We saw her not really, like, people not knowing the full truth and her not really being accountable for anything that she did. And even when the truth started coming out, there were, like, you know, a Curtis here and a couple of people just being like, oh, it's all good. Yes. But now, but now... It's getting really good, you know, starting with Michael telling off Sunny. Yes. Oh, so good. Right? And that's the thing. Drew, I was like, oh, wow. This is, like, so reminiscent of, like, you know, the Michael-Sunny scene. This is an amazing scene. Um, And then it just kind of gets better. Oh, did it ever. When he talked about, you know, you and Sunny, something about, like, Nina said, Sunny and I are not even together. And he's like, oh, does Sunny know that? I was like, oh my God, this is so good. This is so freaking good. Like, this is, she just, she contradicts herself so much, right? The whole, like, I don't care about Carly, but slipping her in. You know, like, I care a lot about Sonny. We're just friends, but I also just made out with him. And I'm also in love with a married man. Like, listen to all the things that she (laughs) says. 
you know, like in the span of a week, like she's saying all of these contradicting things. And it's like, you're a fool to think that you guys are just friends. And, and like, we're all supposed to believe that's all you really want. Exactly. After all this time and everything you've done. I don't know. How did you feel about Willow changing her tune once Michael brought her her little like iPad or whatever? I was confused. Really? <laughs> I was happy with the direction that it went in, but I'm surprised mm-hmm. it just took her so long to get there. I understand why there has to be this extra animosity to push the story forward of like Nita being Willow's mom and they have to be at odds in this way. But it surprised me that it took this, like this is the thing that it took to change her mind. The thing is, it's not just like a, because yes, of course, the friction between Nina and Willow about the mother-daughter potential storyline. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like all of this just, it just shows the friction and between her and Michael, right? Not that there was friction yes. at that moment, but the fact that they're just on the same page. Like I think anybody who was with Michael would mm-hmm. have a real hard time with Nina. But it was just yes. shocking that Willow didn't, right? She wasn't like 100% with him absolutely there's already a so, rift right there yeah so for me I was just like like ding 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 once again you know she realizes Nina played her and I got annoyed I was like just get some instincts Willow like after right? everything she's been through she has none but the point is like Nina's manipulative but even this doesn't change anything because even in her confrontation with Nina you realize she threatens her with it'll make me resentful. It's like, oh, oh no, oh no. So if Nina keeps acting up, doing psychotic things, it'll make you resentful. Like that's all she's really got, you know? But the fact that she goes, maybe, you know, Michael, maybe you were right. It's like, well, maybe you should listen. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, Michael is still, like he's still a fair person and he was angry and he had the right to be angry. But I found that she was really dismissive of everything Michael and the family went through at Nina's hand. I found her quite dismissive of all of it. Oh, 100%. And another interesting part to that whole conversation is that, you know, Harmony and Nina are not very different. They are manipulative. Uh, Harmony's trying to be a better person, but she's still lying. She's still not telling Willow the truth. She's using, creating her own narrative. And so does Nina all the time. And, you know, kind of same with Harmony Willow accepted her back into her life yes she had some sort of rules and regulation but it didn't take very much for harmony to get back into her good graces so no god i feel bad for willow (laughs) but this but the thing too it's just that when willow was going through all that stuff with dawn of day Mm -hmm. like michael and the corinthos family like they had her back yes like they did wholeheartedly and i don't really find she has she's she's given it back in return no not at all so Okay, she does get a little bit of a backbone because, like, at first I was like, well, I'll just turn around and tell the woman to just stop and cut the crap. Instead, she keeps trying to walk away from Nina. Yeah. And Nina keeps, like, trying to grab anything she can. And so, like, when they start their confrontation, I thought it was so amazing. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I found it was straight up the audience's voice when she says, like, it, first of all, this this line made me feel like I was less crazy, okay? Mm-hmm. But, like, this is not in my head. So when Willow tells her, do you keep a running tally of how often you say I never intended things yes! to happen? Because it's like, you feel like you're a crazy person because you're watching everything unfold and you don't find that Nina's really getting hers 
in this whole yes. big reveal and she keeps walking around with these like half-ass apologies and you're like is anyone else seeing this because it really <laughs> felt that way for the longest time and I'm starting to feel like vindicated a little bit with Willow finally calling her out on that part you know you keep saying you never intended but it's like look at all the damage you caused with all of your like intentions or non-intentions or whatever and the worst part is that like when Willow gets mad Nina's like oh I guess you found out <laughs> and then it's like you wonder why she doesn't want to like work with you you keep deceiving her you keep lying and she even has the nerve like in all of this it's hard to believe but I am learning from my mistakes it's, it's like it's so hard to watch but I'm also so fascinated because the actress is just so good at playing that character, the denial, the, you know, I'm not going to take responsibility for my actions. It's not mm -hmm. my fault. Woe is me. And then in a split second, her eyes turn. Like, it's fascinating. She does it when she talks about Carly. Yeah. She did it a couple of times this week. And it just, I'm in awe of it. The way she can just switch from one to the other in her mind. Because, like, with Carly, she puts that cold part on and frankly no one ever sees it it always happens yes. to be just them two together she's pulled this on willow before i mean they've had their history but still she does it to willow because i think she thinks willow is weak yes um but i was just laughing because i'm like take that take that side of you and go up to michael go right like, I, I just i'm like go after them and see you know what that does between you and sunny the fact that she cannot see that boggles my mind like it's what I find really interesting is because when I think of her, I think of her as chaotic, right? And yes. this week you did see a lot of her running around. So you physically see her like in her motion, kind of running around and also saying all these messed up things. So I find the like presentation of her as being like chaotic and all over the place was really well represented, but other amazing lines and exchanges was when um, Willow tells her that blood doesn't entitle you to have a relationship with someone. Yes. And the fact that she keeps saying she's learned from her mistakes and she just made mistakes, it's like, think about it. Think about the things that you've done. Like, so you're saying, okay, well, I've hurt everyone connected to Wiley deeply. Mm -hmm. um, and she has actively done things that have not been good for Wiley, like directly telling him that Willow wasn't his mother. <laughs> like, that probably wasn't the best thing to do. But she's hurt all the people around him. So you think, okay, I can hurt all of them. But I should still have Wiley. I promise not to hurt him again. <laughs> you know? Like, how, what is that logic? And that's what's so fascinating. It's like this child is his own separate entity, is a belonging, not a human being. It's, it's a possession for her to have. It, it's so strange. Because let's remember, guys, the DNA was a, the DNA test was just a necklace. Yeah, it's very okay. accurate. Like, could you, could you imagine, like, look, we talk about the fact of, like, what if Nina had twins? Yes. And that would be really cool. But even more mind-blowing would be if Nell was never her daughter. I know. That because be then the it's ultimate. like, right? Because then how do you explain all of this? Because then that's all just you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, to me, that would be really, really amazing if that happened. But also... I was just thinking this, you know, like, like, you know, Nina and the whole Nell thing, right? She has a version of Nell in her mind, right? Like her whole vendetta and thing against Carly is that she could have had the opportunity to not be a psycho murderer, if not for you. 
Okay. That's Nina's mentality. But the yeah. thing is, if you're going to be with Sunny, how is that going to go over when you feel like mourning Nell, the same woman <laughs> who blackmailed him, the mm-hmm. same woman who left his son in a car to die because Sunny was the one who got Michael out of the car. How, how is that all supposed to go over? Like, how is that going to work? This is what I find really funny. This is what I find really funny. It's like, you guys made sense in an alternate universe. But how does this <laughs> continue to make sense now that you're both back in Port Charles? And then there's, like, I, some part of me is, like, it would be so funny if Nell was alive just to see Sonny trying to make a family with Nina and Nell. Oh, my God. That's like a spinoff right there. <laughs> oh, my. I, I, I can't even. Okay. You know, Nina has her supports. She bumps into Curtis. At the yes. at Charlie's, and it was just weird because she keeps saying like I have no one to talk to, and Curtis was offering like him and Stella. And in my mind, I thought this is kind of interesting because it's like Nina's keeping her mouth shut in front of Stella, and that's yes. the thing. Curtis, you know he's your friend, but at the same time, like if you, I think she knows if I say these words out loud, I don't come off all that great. Not oh. to mention Stella's connection with the Corinthos family exactly so like that scene that it was really interesting because she said she was waiting for phyllis Mm -hmm. and i would have loved to see what phyllis had to say because nina is still under the impression that she's going to tell her what she wants to hear and then you have so she knows she knows the difference between right and wrong she's still a little delusional but you're right like she's not going to say what she wants to say in front of stella because she knows she's wrong she wants to find the people who pat her on the back and I don't think she's had a real conversation with Phyllis since Phyllis went to her office and kind of just laid into her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think they've spoken since. And we've seen her interaction with Sunny, and she's not too thrilled with Sunny's actions either. Um, but then I was thinking this because there's a couple of interesting connections there. So Nina's sitting with Curtis, but Curtis is close with Drew. Yes. Ooh, so I'm yes. just kind of wondering how, how does that play? And then you have Portia. Like, I'm kind of curious at this point because it's like Nina is a close friend of Curtis's. And it's just hitting me now because it's like, like, technically Nina's been more consistent or more not dead for the past two years, um, (laughs) unlike Drew, right? So it's like you would think, you know, like, so Portia is having this one-on-one time with Curtis's really good friend. Yes. Where's this one-on-one time with Nina? Because Nina is one of Curtis's good friends. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I think just, Portia has good gut instinct <laughs> but that's exactly it I kind of wonder what would her opinion be because I know that when I saw Portia with Drew I'm like okay interesting new social circle here right mm-hmm. and there was quite a bond and I felt like that whole scene with her and Drew were all about the fact that they care for Curtis and are basically on the same page Yes, similar page with Marshall-ish and if they're on the same page there, I feel like it's a clue that Portia's on the same page with Nina, not to mention that Portia has connections with both Elizabeth and Carly. And Elizabeth has made it clear to Carly how she feels about Nina and what Nina did. Yes. So anyways, I think that part's interesting, but even funnier was Nina being all hysterical, um, searching for Brit. Oh my God, that scene was amazing. Brit is amazing. It was so good because it's like she didn't really hesitate to like call her. This is what I mean. It feels like everything we thought like just came out this week. Yes, it was beautiful. Because ever since this whole thing like unraveled, it's like we saw everything happen. And given like it was hard for us to believe that Brit had nothing else. She had nothing else. Mm -hmm. Nina came back and Brit had 
oh, it's all, it's fine. Like, all we saw was Brit be a little bit mad. And then they had sort of a conversation, have her back. And I think at the end of the day, no matter what, they will, right? I think that's fair. They have a connection. They have a bond. And mm-hmm. you don't have to like what somebody you love does, but you'll stand by them. So I feel like that part's fair. But this scene finally answered for me what I felt was missing because Nina's been back for quite some time. And I felt like Brit must have had more to say about this whole thing. Exactly. And I love the word she chose and, and how she chose to speak to her. She's like, I will yeah. love you, but I will call you on your BS. And Carly has not done anything to me. And that is, and I liked um, specifically that they address what we talked about, like the consequences of what's happening now yeah. in the situation with Brit is because Nanny, Nina kept Sunny <laughs> away. But that's exactly it. Like Brit was saying, like, I've done stuff, but I also know the consequences of my actions right and I think she was just trying to point to her she's like I don't necessarily disagree with the stuff you're saying but you're not taking accountability for things like at all like when she was walking around like venting being like I'm not the only one to fall for a married man Uh, what are you what are you saying there what exactly are you saying and so it's like this these are the rants and the pieces that I didn't really understand right I'm not the only one to fall for a married man then she's Mm -hmm. mad because Carly wanted a divorce yep and I'm like, so what is it for you? This isn't the ideal picture. It's not fun that Sonny didn't choose you, but is forced to. It's yes. not ideal. It's not ideal because you would have rathered, you know, pining for Sonny and having parts of him while he was with Carly. So that would have been more satisfying to steal him slowly rather just to have him handed to her, I think is what makes it so much less fun. Oh my God, you you hit the nail on the head because when he was with Carly and they were still married, he was making those choices. He was choosing those encounters with Nina, mm-hmm. but exactly it now it's like Nina's default. Yeah, and she knows it. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I, f- I don't know. I think part of her does, but she's just not on a good path when it comes to that whole situation. <laughs> not that I care. And then she was like something about like, oh, this is retaliation, plain and simple. Wanting a divorce. <laughs> I know. I like I or it was I think it was the wanting a divorce or the things about Wiley because she kept throwing Carly into the Wiley situation. Yes. And I'm like, at what point are you gonna realize that you have actively hurt Michael and Willow? And they're the ones that are telling you this. Like Carly is not involved with that. And Michael and Willow have been clear about that reality. That they're exactly. the ones who have final say. And I think at the end of the day. Carly will always win because she has a sense of self and a healthier mindset that actually allows her to have healthy reciprocal relationships. It's like, notice that she has people that seek her out to see if she's okay. Whereas you have Nina running around hunting people down to like, listen to her hysterics or to pretend to be there for other reasons and then dive into her own stuff. Yes. So that's the thing. Like as long as she keeps going, as Britt pointed out with her specific mindset, Like, Mm -hmm. she's going to make more problems for herself. But it was just so transparent, you know, coming to vent about Carly. And it wasn't about, like, I want someone to hear me or I need someone who I could be my full self with. Like, I didn't do the best things, but, you know, Brit, you love me. Let's just be honest. No, she went there purposely to make sure that Brit sided with her over Carly. That was what she went there for. She didn't go there for the support of her pack sister. (laughs) No, not at all. Oh my gosh, but it's, um, it is fascinating to see it unravel a little bit because it finally feels like things are a little bit balanced with what has been said to Nina and what she's been called out on. 
Yes, I loved it. It really felt it made me feel better because we've just been yeah. waiting for her to get some sense of like you did something wrong. Like she hasn't even seen Maxie yet. I can't wait to see what Maxie no! has to say. That's just horrible. Why <laughs> right? Why is she in the hospital? Like why is she in the hospital? <laughs> I don't know. Oh dear lord! But that Maxie, oh my god, she is. I liked her scene with Austin this week. Did you? I really liked her scene, and she had one of my favorite lines. Um, when she was talking to him saying this is Maxie Jones the real Maxie Jones because she was obviously very uninhibited yes and you know so it, they were enjoyable those scenes what do you think of them two together does it feel good it feels a little weird I'm not gonna lie I like am forced happy. <laughs> yes like, you know what it reminded me of what Remember when she started seeing Peter and it felt kind of forced and awkward? Because remember, he was like a robo-human learning and trying to, like, know love for the first time. God, she really has a type. Uh-huh. People who deliver her babies on sides of roads or in the outside. And this awkward beginning. Yes. I mean, look, I think it has potential. They're both amazing actors, and I just think there there's room there. But there's something about it that just seems... I have, don't have the word. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was a lot of suspense. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be good. <laughs> no, I just blanking. <laughs> I don't know. Because I don't want to say awkward. It's not awkward. Like they were cute. No. The banter was cute. Yes. But it's almost like we're missing a step or something. I don't know. Okay, I think a part of me too, though, is still holding out for the fact that I want her to be with Spinelli. Like even yeah, though I Yeah, maybe like that's Austin, a part of it. Like, I feel like Austin's going to be the, for fun guy, like, just get it out of her system. Get you all think like... Austin's fun? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, for fun things. I didn't say yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'm really holding out to get some Spinelli scenes and to see how he feels about them together and how he's going to kind of weigh in on the whole situation and how she's going to feel. Oh, man, I hate to admit it, but kind of, you know what I mean? Like, at this point, after everything she went through with Peter, I guess I wouldn't have minded seeing, like, old sparks, right? And I mm -hmm. guess that's what it is. Like, even though, like, her scenes with Austin had me, like, giggling, and I thought they were sweet, and I thought they were cute, and I love how Maxie was just going for what she wanted. I guess those sparks, you know, that kind of come out of friendship, like the sparks we see between Brooklyn and Chase, yes. that come out of just so much time spent together. Yes. And I guess I'm used to seeing Maxie in the thick of like her crisis that there wasn't a lot of that between her and Austin. But I mean, again, we wait to see what kind of happens there. It's weird, though, because he looks a lot like the guy in Jake's sketch. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to talk about girls night, okay? Because <gasps> when, okay, when like they were there and like, Sam showed up and it became evident that there was some kind of plan. I I literally was squealing. I'm like, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Do you remember I was saying, like, I just think, you know, Carly needs like a massive girls night. And then they did. And I'm just wondering, like, is that a permanent set or was it temporary? Because I feel like they made sure to get use out of it this week. How <laughs> oh, did they ever? <laughs> so I I thought that was so cool, the axe throwing. I did do it when I was like eight months pregnant. I, I didn't, remember. Yeah, I didn't plan that day out real well because I planned, I planned axe throwing, I believe food, then the movie theater. So I mean, being eight months pregnant, you're tired a lot. 
<laughs> then I did that. And then I passed out of the movie theater, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Hey, you do what you got to do. It's dark. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But that was like, like, how did you find those scenes? They were so fun. It was amazing from beginning to end. Like you, I was squealing the minute Sam showed up and I'm like, oh, shenanigans. Oh, it's going to be a girl's night. Oh, it's amazing. So they, they put together all of it. Was that side? Am I boring you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, are we still doing this? No. Um, it's because you said something about Sam and I think something. Oh, and God, I don't like thinking it? it because you're like, I'm so glad when I saw Sam and I'm like, yeah, so was I initially. Okay. Are you thinking the thing that I'm thinking? Should we say the stuff out loud? Okay. So this is how I feel. Okay. So like, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. So with Drew, when he was dealing with Nina, first off, uh -huh. like, you know, obviously he's got the Jason vibes. Well, what I loved is that he has more lip, right? He's got more attitude. He's like Jason <laughs> in the sense that he will overtly overtly means like everyone sees it right it's not covert okay overtly <laughs> <laughs> overtly sides and supports carly right yes okay sam supports carly yes is it as overt no you know what i mean because it's like <laughs> one day she's chatting with nina anson at the hospital nothing ticking in her mind like oh no. my god why and then the next day she like chit chats with carly being like you know i don't really care what happens between you know like with Sunny and all that stuff but i support you it's just weird and then it's like when when like carly was talking to her today about like dante and then she asked about mm -hmm. like drew mm -hmm. and then she's like why and then, she, and then carly was really you know she's in her like low blah mood and then she starts to be really honest you know it's just because like he's been really there for me and i'm just looking out for him too and sam had a had a look on her face she about did it. Yeah. yes okay yeah she did have a look but was it like an olivia look like Hmm. Is there something there? I really don't. Do you feel that Sam is hanging on to feelings for Drew? First of all, you know how I feel like that whole part was made up. I know. Like, just Me too. There. And I'm just like, I don't see it at all. Like it feels beyond resolved, like beyond resolved. There were scenes between Sam and Dante in Morocco where that all felt, were they in Morocco? They were no. in a place. I don't know. Monaco. Monaco. Monaco like, yeah. That sounds it feels really different. Yeah, they were in Monaco and she gave this whole speech about that time with Drew. And it was like, whoa, felt very like lots of like revelations and yes. and she was clear on it. So for me, I'm like, that's just not a thing. So I don't know. It's possible what you're saying is true. It's just that Sam just made like mad face. So if there was meant to be some nuance there, I didn't catch it. But there could have been. That could have been the intent. I feel that it was more that. It, in the fact that they're solidifying their friendship, they had this great night out. I thought it was maybe like a, hmm, I'm going to keep an eye on this because this might be a good thing for Carly. <laughs> I don't know. Sam's <laughs> just like, you know, <laughs> because didn't she just solidify her friendship with like Elizabeth? And mention Jason. Yeah. Like, you know how I felt when Carly and Jason got together. And then, yes. like, Drew is kind of like a Jason. And I feel like it might hit a nerve. I mean, even if it does, I think that they've come so far in their relationship that even if Sam complains about her as frustrated, 
I feel like it's one of those moments where Sam's going to go to Elizabeth and be like, this is weird. She's the Drew. And Elizabeth's going to be like, so? <laughs> like, let's live your life. Yeah. Let's be friends and let's move on. Like, I don't feel that it's going to be a rift between the two of them. No. And 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 just, I like, I think you're you're hitting on something there. Like, I mean, like, notice the complete overhaul of female relationships on the show. Yes. Oh, it was amazing. Okay. There was so much, like, friendship. So much, so much. And like, just, just, I mean, not even just Sam and Carly talking. So first, like we have the Sam and Elizabeth, right? And so Mm -hmm. then Sam's talking to Carly and then they bring up Courtney. So even all of it, right? All of those people making peace and even just what Sam had to say about Courtney. And I'm like, crap, I don't even remember what their interactions were like, but just saying that I think that if she had lived that we would have found middle ground. And I like that, right? Yes, I think that was very, like, the baseline for everything that happened this week in terms of the female friendships. Like, they found a way to make it work. Exactly. So, like, the girls had fun with the beer, and I liked um, Carly's, like, good riddance with her axe at the end. Yes. (laughs) But even better, like, on the topic of female friendships was, like, Anna on this mysterious call I'm like, who could she be talking to in this manner? And then shows up to the axe throwing place and it's Obrecht. I had so many feelings about this because Obrecht was so vulnerable, but their banter is so on point. It was unbelievable. But I want them to be best friends. Like Anna said they couldn't be friends, but I don't believe her. Well, first of all, like by the time those scenes ended, I'm like, you're friends. Like, what right? do you call this? What do you call this? Like, oh my gosh. Like, it was like she was so sweet to Obrecht at the end, but I feel like that's the epitome of like, of like female friendships, right? Because you have like the history of the, you know, Elizabeth, Courtney, Carl, like all that stuff. But I mean, Anna and Obrecht, they were like rivals in like the villainy yeah. kind of way. So I thought it was such a bigger deal, right? Like, and they, and we talked, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Do you realize we talked about this the week before? We that did? for something to be really real, you have to talk about like the worst parts of it, right? Yes. So oh like God, we talked we about, yeah. So we talked about even Carly. Like you have to get into the nitty gritty of the worst of the worst of your relationship to give signal that you can actually move forward. And notice, like that's why I was taken aback when they talked to Robin, right? right? They talked Robin. They talked Faison, and just mm-hmm. like what you would do when love isn't reciprocated, and that circle, right? That like. Obrecht loved Faison and he didn't love her back and Faison loved Anna and she didn't love him back. Like they hit on some really real stuff. You know, Obrecht mentioning Jason again, a common person that I feel like they both have respect and care for, for different reasons. Um, Probably similar because it has to do with their daughters. Um, But, um, (laughs) but I just love, I just loved uh, Anna had one of my favorite lines. I'm forever in awe of what you consider to be comforting thoughts. When she says something <laughs> like maybe Jason will torture Peter in the afterlife or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. It was really funny, but I definitely loved that. Okay, so what do you think? Because I feel like whenever they were doing the act scenes, they would just, you know, show somebody throw it and then show like them kidding the target. But the thing about Anna, she was the only person I felt like they showed like from the back and kind of the whole way through. Like, do you think that Anna actually hit the target? I want to feel like she did. I want to feel like she did because you know what I think happened there? So you have Anna meeting Obrecht and then when she hits the ax and walks away, I felt that was the return of Anna. 
oh you know because mm-hmm. remember because remember this whole peter storyline she lost herself yes. it was complicated i remember her post where she says this was a storyline where even heroes didn't always do the right thing so i felt that was like anna is back like there was a lot of transitions there was a lot of like you know, signs of new beginnings and also explicitly saying things like new beginnings, new chapters, all that stuff. Yes. And like one of my favorite things was that um, I think it was, yeah, it was Anna that said it, this axe throwing thing. Um, are we imagining our enemies or each other? And then she's like, see what I did there? We're no, we're no longer on different sides. We're on the same side. That they're not one and the same anymore. It took me a really same. long time. Yes, no, yes, yes, like, like, part of me is like, please don't talk about this because it, you, have, <laughs> you have no idea how much I repeated that to try to like understand. I'm like, this. I get it, but it hurt my brain. It hurt my brain a little bit. But there were so many funny lines when like, Obrecht was offering drinks at the Savoy and she offered to like leave Scott at home. And then like when Anna <laughs> made the faces about Scott, she's like, our pairing amuses you. It was just, there were just way too many funny things. There was, and one of my other, so that was one of my favorite lines too, the one that you just said. And then they, she started about, um, Obrecht talked about starting a book club. And she's like, we could take turns oh choosing books and tell them what to think and devour their homemade snacks. I'm like, I I'm I- I know I that was amazing I was like okay wow I can't picture you guys in a book club but if it was it would be exactly like that exactly (laughs) it was so good okay other other axe throwing um uses so Dante shows up yes he did yeah (laughs) (laughs) but I was surprised about this though that he he started to throw in that he thinks it could be like another woman and i was like come on because like dante wasn't there during that relationship right or or was it sam because sam started to kind of like i think maybe explore that idea but then eventually when like dante became pointed and said well what do you think she was at least able to say no he was devoted to her yes Right? Because at first I was like, seriously? Like, I don't I don't see that, but I just feel like it has to be a reason that they brought that up. The only way I can see that working is that it's some sort of crazy fan or something like that. Exactly, because the only thing, because I'm thinking, is that conversation talking about a possible other woman, just this idea of just pointing to the fact that it could be a stranger? You know, like another woman, somebody being obsessive. So the idea exactly that is stalker, because before he died, they had, they were dealing with the anniversary of his bad things. Yes, yes. Murder. The anniversary <laughs> of murder. <laughs> okay, so look, okay, about the whole, like, so they're obviously talking about Elizabeth and her potential stalker, okay? Um, yes. Elizabeth does that thing where she doesn't necessarily run from danger, you know? Betsy shows up at her house, she's like, wait a second, come in, tell me why you're here, and I'm like, no, this is not how you deal with people that you think have been stalking you. Oh, so they go through all of that, you know, obviously I was thrilled when Dante and um, Sam but even before that like I just found it was so timely that teen Jake showed up because he I feel like he had another growth spurt whoa I was like I was taken aback because I'm like who is this kid like holy crap that's the same kid (laughs) yeah it's still still Jake (laughs) Jake. (laughs) okay 
so we see all of that go down and we obviously don't know we're at a loss and that's the thing i think elizabeth even says that i'm at a loss so when they're done <laughs> quizzing betsy right she's like i'm at a loss and then sam's like well who do you think did it and i'm like she just said she's at a loss okay so remember initially we were saying it's elizabeth because she keeps saying she's tired are they doing this like multiple personality thing Okay. Yes. And then we had the door locking on her and then, you know, the potential of Jake. And, you know, I do want to point out, like, he lost two fathers. He did, that poor child. To the same guy, like to Peter. And <laughs> during that time, and even Cameron makes the point of saying, like, well, no, I don't know who said it, but it was brought up the fact that, like, you know, Cam thought Jason murdered Franco. So it's like during that time, you have Jake who lost both of his fathers. Mm-hmm. And also his brother during that time period. Yes. I mean, let's not forget his history of trauma. Like he was taken for years and programmed by Helena. And then it came back to his life. I mean, we just got to pull out a deck of cards. Between him and Drew, like we can kind of figure out what happened there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, because now I'm scared, right? Because what if Victor gets his hands on a deck? And like, what if maybe Jake also knows stuff because they have been talking about the Cassidines? And they're talking about Drew. And yes, Drew is a person and a, like, not just a person, but like <laughs> person of, of interest. But like, what if Jake is a part of all that too? I'm spiraling. But you I want are, to. You are. <laughs> I'm spiraling. But I want to point to this. So Insta Rage has this to say, okay? This is good. This mm -hmm. is good. It's Elizabeth. It's Elizabeth. <laughs> she wrote it twice. So I'm saying it twice. Oh, no. Okay, it's okay. the third time. It's Elizabeth. She probably has dissociative identity disorder. Here are the hints we've been given so far. Now I have to like go back and find all these scenes. So the card was signed B. B for biz, not Betsy. Okay. Okay. Because that's what Terry calls her, biz. I know. I have goosebumps. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Listening. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then listen to this. When Finn asked her if she wanted to talk about it, Mm -hmm. One of the times she totally changed her voice and said that would ruin everything. Whoa. I did, okay. I, I'm scared. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. She keeps saying she's so tired. Could be mm -hmm. doing these things in the middle of the night. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All of the events could have been committed by her, whereas others could be ruled out for at least one of them. She said herself, people can be driven to do terrible things when they're grieving. Oh, um, G. So insane because it's like we started out thinking it could be her, but then, you know, if you're watching the show, you see that there's other possibilities. And I'm like, okay, it's not Elizabeth, but now I'm convinced it's Elizabeth again. Okay, so here's the thing. I, I was same path as you, kind of going back and forth. But the way they filmed the scene when yeah. uh, Cam and Elizabeth are looking at the portrait. Painting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The way it was filmed is from the portrait. So I'm like, is there a camera in the portrait? I don't know. I didn't <laughs> notice it was. <laughs> it was a wonky angle. So then I was like, oh my God, it is I somebody else because somebody put a camera in there and then they're just going to like stalk her from inside the house through this camera. Oh, now I'm freaked out. But you know, you know who, uh, who's good at creating. Okay. It just made me think of Rick because Rick had kidnapped, I think Carly and put her in a secret room in their last house. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. Because when you said camera, I was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mentioned this whole, like, it could be Elizabeth not knowing she's doing these things. Because come on, look at where the key was for the art studio. Right? Like, that was in a really specific place. That's not something somebody can come into the house and find. I agree. Um, oh, we did no. get some. What? 
<laughs> we did get some tidbits from Scott and Elizabeth's conversation where he's okay. like, Jake doesn't like your relationship. He complains about everything, but he's a teenager. So I'm like, I don't I know, know. If I a clue, a cookie. I don't know what that was. <laughs> you don't know if it was a clue or a cookie. Cookies you eat, <laughs> clues are things that are hints. Okay. Like so. crumbs, you know? <laughs> Stop. So like Yes, when when first of all, I was happy to see Scott because I thought he was going to be gone longer, and I didn't want Me that. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so happy to have him back. But then when he mentioned Jake, it started out being like all ominous, but then he's like, no, he complains about everything. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> exactly. okay, okay, fine. Like, he's so alarming, Scott. But yeah, so I'm loving this theory. It's a good theory. It is a good theory. Holy Toledo. Okay, so speaking of like, no, we weren't talking about anybody who was dead. <laughs> no, we weren't. Dead. Okay, so right. I mean, there's but... always somebody dead in Port Charles that comes back. So. <laughs> Not this one, though. Courtney. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Jordan. Okay, yeah, Courtney. That's sad. But she wasn't dead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so, yeah, so they really talked about Courtney today. Um, and I loved how they had Carly be like, this is who she is for anybody who's just tuning in. This is Courtney. <laughs> I did love, like, I loved all the stories. I mean, we did get to see Spencer's breakdown. But why? But why was this brought up? Oh, because of Spencer. Yeah? You think it's because of Spencer? I want to feel like, yes, because I don't remember this ever happening before. (laughs) No. Right? So I think, okay, because the thing is, it started with Carly, and then she brings it up to Sam, and then she's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk to you about this. And I'm like, I have to Google some old scenes. And so then you have Sunny there, but then I'm thinking, okay, it has to be about Spencer, because it makes a lot of sense right we had spencer as a kid and courtney is a huge part of his backstory right yes so i do think that this was all brought up for spencer and to see how much this has impacted him we didn't know that he was doing this year after year making sure there was flowers on his mother's grave but also like esme shouldn't she have known some of this weren't they like super close the only ones in their orphanage or boarding school or (laughs) whatever you call them Okay, so like all of that was just hilarious because okay, so for, so a couple of things. For the first time, Spencer admits that he there are consequences to his actions. It's like for the first time yes, he realizes. Yes, so that was, huge. that was really really huge, and it came out very loudly all the time to Esme. There was a lot of loud talking. Mm-hmm. And then there was the whole thing. Yes, she should have known if he does this year over year. If she is so significant to the way he's speaking about, she should have known. And then second, he. He forgot, like, her parents died. He's like, oh, that was the me. worst. That was the worst because even Esme was the one who was like, how come I don't know that you do this every year? Like, I love how she called him on that. Be like, yeah. so you're in jail and you can't put flowers on your mom's grave? What have you been doing all these years in France? <laughs> so I like that she called him out, but that was rough, though. As much as I think whatever about Esme, I was like, dude, she yeah. both her parents died. And as we had to point out, you mean Trina gets you? Her dad is not dead. He came back from the dead. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> really, it, was, it was really, really good. So, okay, so they had their Courtney convo. I can't believe Victor got him out of jail for that. I know, but I, I almost want to believe that Spencer got out himself. Like, he's like, whatever, it's a minimum security. I'll just walk out. <laughs> I, I don't even know because Victor was somewhere else and that's happening. Whatever. I'm going to pretend everything's okay, but Trina obviously sees him. Who's she visiting? Your dad's not dead. I... <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't. I mean, it's a really good question. I'm like, what, is, was she going in Spencer on Spencer's behalf? Um, did he reach How, out to her at some point? That would be did, bad. Oh, um, like, how would she know? Like, how how do you? Oh, I'm just walking by your mom's grave. Like, where are you going? Like, I, I would love to hear the answer. I would love to hear the answer to that. But honestly, Sunny could have been a little bit nicer to Nicholas. I was kind of annoyed. Like, Nicholas came to bring flowers to the mother of his child, and you're going to be a brat. It showed growth from Nicholas, though, and Sunny's just being the Sunny we know now, like this regressed version of himself which is even worse than the first version of himself so I'm like it's on par <laughs> you know what's funny because it's like you're saying that Nicholas showed growth this is how I feel because it's like almost like it, it was interesting having the reminder of their connection as much as you know in the back of your mind that Courtney is Spencer's mother it was interesting to watch one I like that Nicholas turned to Sunny and said you know like how Carly is the mother of your child because it's yeah. true you know what I mean? Like, no matter what would happen, if that was Carly there, he'd be there. Exactly. Um, and then when Nicholas was like, this is the part where you tell me I've done my best, it made me go like, wow. You know, like, like Courtney left, and this is what she left, right? She left Nicholas, she left Spencer, and mm. they were kind of really vulnerable without her. And then I'm watching Sunny being like, yeah, like, it makes sense that you were supposed to be there to make sure that they were both okay. And I know that Nicholas is an adult and Sonny claims he was giving him tough love, but I don't even know if, if Sonny is clear headed enough to even know what somebody else needs. I think he just likes being patronizing to Nicholas and just calling him on his crap, but it's just that Nicholas seems so childlike and so vulnerable in that moment. Like he was looking to Sonny like a dad almost Yes. to tell me I did the right thing. So there was something very childlike and vulnerable when he said that, um, but yeah, I just felt like he could have been nicer about it, but it was interesting. And then there was just such, it was just so different. I don't know. Like this week has been really intense in the sense that there's been so much voice on the part of the audience and just yes. the vulnerability and the connection, because like there's all these friendships. It's cool to see, but the Courtney element is quite historic, right? There's a lot of history there. And just like, like Nicholas's interaction with Carly. It's like, you forget because he lost someone he's married, yes. right? He has Ava. But in that moment, it's like, you were her best friend and you know what I'm losing and what I feel today. It was just weird. It was so weird. It was like a time machine in the present. It was weird. Yes, very much so. Like everybody just, uh, ah, it's so interesting because everybody else was able to kind of take a break from everything to keep the peace and acknowledge this thing that was bigger mm -hmm. than themselves. And the only person that couldn't was Sonny. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Because I liked how Nicholas turned back to Carly to say what he said about that. Like, this is what I find about these, this week. You know, like we said, speaking from the audience, but I find like all these little details are being picked back up. Like, like when I'm talking about details, I'm talking about like the stuff that Trina said to Joss. Oh, it was, weren't you, like, I, that was our voice. That was the audience's voice. Mm -hmm. That was finally Trina is standing up for herself. Not that she doesn't, but she's always very political and worries about everybody else's feelings. And she's very tactful in the way she does things. But the fact she needed to say what she said, and it was important that she did it in the way that she did. Yes, because the fact that she says, can't you ever be accountable for your part of stuff? And I felt like that is like a detail that has been glossed over for years. 
which is very Nina-like. Interesting. <laughs> oh, I hate that comparison. But like, know. You know, but, but the thing is, what is what isn't common is that Nina is so obsessed with Carly that she can't see straight. Yes. And while I understand what Joss is saying, you know, you have to like, you know, you can't just ignore people like Esme, but she is becoming so overly consumed with Esme that that is overpowering any consideration of Trina. And then she outs her secret one more time in front of Cam. I know. Oh, it was just, it was hard to watch, but I love what Trina had to say. But it was she good. Talked, it was good. She so was good. Um, she talked about, you know, apologies are not transactional. She stood up for herself when everything happened at the cabin and, um, and that she just needed more time and that she did break her confidence and exactly, exactly what you said. She was doing it again, but yet she is so obsessed. Joss would get with getting forgiveness in that moment, in that second. She, she can't give her the time that she needs. Very sunny. Like mm-hmm. it just wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't and I good. loved when, when Cam tried to butt in and Trina turns him. He's like, Oh, I didn't know you took classes on mediation. It was amazing. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm just stay, I'll just stay out of it. Okay, so that happens. Esme obviously is relishing every yeah. moment of tension. Yes. Um, like, I don't get it. Like, the sex tape comes out. So this one is, like, auditing classes, but somehow she has the contacts of everybody in this class. Exactly. And then one kid has the power to just blast his phone on the teacher's projector. Yeah, what kind of a world totally. are we coming to where <laughs> kids can just project whatever on that doesn't seem right but anyways um <laughs> just a little, little detail that bothers me but like but how long was the class gonna watch that for like, I know. how when long the te- was the like, teacher gonna like just pull up the thingy or like say stop <laughs> like just just <laughs> no the teacher like, how does that make any sense? Like, Cameron and Joss are right there. So even if, let's say, it looks like they made their own sex tape, right? Like, let's say it looks like they did. Both yeah. of them were the back of the class not touching a computer. Yeah. So it's obviously not them. So who's the creeper? You know what I mean? It just makes me mad. It really makes me mad what she did because it's like, what is your point here? Basically, to humiliate them? Like, what are you doing? Well, she, you know, I, I get her how do you say like we know that she did it from Trina's phone but if Joss and Cam believe for a second that Trina had the ability after what they saw at the cabin to set that up and not the angry Esme who Joss told off like I don't see how that storyline can go anyway it makes but the fact zero that sense Esme. it makes zero sense she was passed out and when would she have set up her phone you know what I mean because you have to think about that even if Trina was well mm-hmm it means Trina went into your bedroom and decided to leave her phone there for like a really long time. That's some good battery life. You know? Storage. Oh, so like exactly that. I think just practically, I'm just wondering exactly where this is, where this story is going to go. Because I feel like Esme wasted her money on that purple phone case. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I got. That's all I got. Okay. So how could we not notice Jordan is back healthy and as good as new wink wink (laughs) what i find funny is that it makes sense because if tj's tj number three it makes sense his mom would be mom number three (laughs) that's what i think i'm loving it i love it but this jordan is like she's different she's um she's like in love with curtis 
confusing. I mean, not, yeah, not to say that the other Jordan wasn't, but she kind of wasn't. She was very standoffish when it came to <laughs> and, and also things like where she'll talk to Chris, be like, okay, well, I'll talk to you like in private. And then Portia's like, well, I can step out if you want. She's like, no, why would you need to step out? Because you just said you wanted to talk in private. I'm like, what are these mind <laughs> Well, you know what? What it felt like more to me is not necessarily that Jordan is still in love, but she's still trying to, she got sick and then she left. So she still has, hasn't adjusted to the time that has passed. No. And the fact that seeing Curtis physically standing with her, picking a house, being so close physically to her. So it's in that moment of like, oh crap, I'm not supposed to say this. Oh, of course, of course I, you can be involved in this conversation. You're his person. You're like, right. I just felt it was like this interesting view of what it's like to bump into your ex and just like time paused. And now it's unpaused and you're like catching up. It, it, it is that. It's exactly what Portia said. She's like, I can't blame Jordan, but it has to be weird. Yes, because you and Jordan were friends. Okay. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and Curtis and Jordan were like married. So it's super weird that you're with her husband because he is her husband. And I forgot oh, about that yeah. until until I saw Cameron and Stella. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> what, what's this, what is this Cameron Stella scene? I was like, oh my gosh, she's so sweet wanting to pay for the dessert. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love how Stella's so protective and is like, you save that money for college. I'm like loving all of it. Then I was like, right, the divorce papers <laughs> that were never sent. So that's going to get interesting because obviously Jordan's going to remember the gaslight thing, like Portia awkwardly okay. being like, that was like one time too many with the carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide. <laughs> <laughs> with the gases in the basement. <laughs> you know. I do. And the fact that Jordan brought up the basement talk, I think like twice, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, she has to know, right? She knows. She knows. But she wanted to have a sit down and she wanted to talk about gossip. <laughs> she wanted to know with everybody. She's like, so what are the non-criminals doing slash summer criminals? Um, and then, so that's the thing though about Thursday. And I posted a story about it. I have never heard that many Jason mentions in one episode. Yes, it was wild. I'm like, when is he coming back? So Betsy, like his name came out of Betsy's mouth, Sam, um, Nina, Britt, uh, who else? Jordan, Obrecht, yes. Obrecht? Yes. Okay, so the, the funny and the most interesting mention came between like Jordan and Curtis because she's like, she says, I heard he never came back from Greece. And yes. then Curtis goes missing, presumed dead. Mm -hmm. It was just interesting. They left it at that. So then I put in a vote because I'm like, that is way too many mentions of a character that's not on the show anymore. And so I asked if people thought that um, he would be back, if they think that Jason would be back. So, um, so the majority said yes. <laughs> and again, I'm working with raw data here, people. This is hard with the percentages. So like, I would say like a smaller percentage said no. And an equal amount to those who said no said baby. I feel like I might understand what's happening, but the point is a lot of people. Said, Most people said that. Yeah, yeah, so, but I don't know. What do you think if he came back? Johnny asked me what I thought if he came back. What do you think? For the sake of the story, I think it's going to be a little confusing because people have moved on. Uh, Carly has come so far and she's just created this path for herself. And so has Britt and all the people that loved him. And 
if he comes back, I feel like it's kind of going to derail their progress. Like, I don't know. Like, even though I obviously want him back, I love his character and how he fits is just like right in this current present time in Port Charles. I don't know. I don't see I don't it know. going well. It's confusing. It's it's hard, you know. It's like it's either you're it's either you're here or you're dead, or then you're back and then you're not dead. And it's just hard on my. And then we heart. can't be together. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like I don't know, but I just thought, like, why would you keep mentioning him this many times? Okay. So the thing is, though, let's say we give it like a week or two because nothing has happened with Drew. They're really good friends. I don't mm-hmm. want anything to happen with them. For Jason to come back and find that out. I want it to be like a solid friendship. And like Carly legit having her footing. Moving back into the house. um, Figuring out her way with the kids. Truly being independent and exploring this life and herself. And you know she she said she chose herself. So I want to see that process. And then he can come back and for them to be together. So she is whole. Yeah that's true. That would make more sense. But it's hard for me to see drew because he's so passionate this drew um i I find it hard to believe (laughs) that nothing would happen with them i don't want it to especially when you frame it that way that she chose herself but at the same time it's like it would be so weird if something happens and then jason comes back right that's true though but okay so there's the whole drew uh laura sam and Anna meeting yeah. outside of Kelly's. So maybe he's going <laughs> to go on an adventure and then Jason will come back or he finds Jason and brings him back and that will like make him feel better too because he's holding like so much guilt about Jason. I don't know, but I just like, I don't know. Cause it's like, it would be so shocking. Right? It'd be so shocking if like he returned that quickly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You just talked about what if he like goes out of town, like Drew comes back with uh, Jason. So we find out in that whole interaction that Valentine's at a clinic. I was so glad that they referred to that because I'm like, where is he? Somebody tell me. Because <laughs> we haven't seen him process the whole Peter thing. And also when you were talking about Anna and Drew, I was like, so she gives them the 411 on like Victor. And there you have like, and uh, Laura and Sam just standing there. Like, anybody could have stood there and heard all those things. I don't know. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't a new Anna when she hit the axe. I don't know. But, but uh, anyways, but, like, they're on to something there with that whole thing. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. How did you feel about the Chase and Michael scene? Oh, my gosh. I love this Chase. Because this Chase, this Chase goes on and on about how like Brooklyn is amazing and beautiful yes okay I love this convo with Finn and Finn like uh says uh, I never thought I'd say this let's get to the kissing what happened there um <laughs> so um but then like him calling out Michael right because he kept saying I can't wait for Brooklyn to be vindicated but it looks like on some level he had been holding out for his own vindication Right? The things he said and the look on his voice. Oh Ooh. my gosh, but I loved it because as soon as like he let it out, because Michael's like, just just let it out, just let me have it. But it's like as soon as he let it all out, he was fine. Like Chase was fine. But I love what he said, like, you slept with my wife. It was amazing. Yeah. And then he's like, and then you had the nerve to call me out because I hurt her feelings. I was like, oh, <laughs> I I loved how like flippant he was about Willow. Uh, like when he spoke about her like that, it was amazing. I loved it. It was one of my favorite scenes for the entire week. I loved it so much. And I liked how they did point out, like Michael's like, oh, this is the second time like you've 
you know, you've saved a child. Like yes. you've done something selfless for a kid. And then he's like, well, you sort of saved my life, I guess, by like pretending you weren't sleeping with my wife. <laughs> keeping me alive. <laughs> not the same. But yeah, so maybe they'll be friends, sort of, maybe not really. It's just Willow, I feel. Like, I think Chase and Michael can get over it. But I mean, Willow was annoying to Brooklyn and annoying to Chase. Like he pointed out, right? Yes. I hurt your feelings because I slept with somebody else, even though, like, you cheated on me. Well, yeah, I honestly, I didn't even think about Will in this whole situation because all week long, we've just seen these really great friendships and we got to see Michael and Chase reconnect. And I like that. Everybody was getting in or out of the friend zone. That's what was kind of good about this week. You know, I know that sometimes we watch soaps for their romance, but I have to say all the friendships are pretty amazing to watch this week. I agree. Did we do all of the things and cover all the stuff? Yes. It's time for the gold stars. Go for it. Stars. Drew. Drew gets a star. <laughs> um, the ladies, their night out, they get a star. Yes. Maxie's line gets a star. This is Maxie Jones, the real Maxie Jones. Yes. I think that's it. Uh, Spencer gets a star. I'm not going to stop, so just take over. <laughs> I'm going to stop you right now. Do you have any favorite lines? Because I agree with all your stars, and then I'll shoot out a few of my own. I said a bunch already. Oh, oh, okay. There's one thing. There's one thing I just want to mention. It's just mm -hmm. that um, when, like, Alexis dismissed Diane from her office, and Diane said Miller, and then she said Miller, it's because that's both her names, Diane Miller and Harmony Miller. I thought that was really funny. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's good. That's good. Um, okay, so stars. I'm going to give a star to um, Cam and Jake seen together as brothers because it's the oh, first time we see them good. so connected. It's so yeah. sweet. Um, I am going to give a star to Michael and Chase. We just talked about them. I agree with the ones that you gave. I'm going to give some a sexy star to oh. Sam and Dante and their axe throwing teaching skills. I was a little okay, uncomfortable watching. Axe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, the axe. Okay. I wasn't yeah. sure if I should look or look away. It was tens like i would i would you blushing. look you always look forward <laughs> into the screen <laughs> i will always have your voice in here from now on <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and a last mention to it was sexy but not so sexy i don't know how you feel sasha and brando <laughs> brando made it sad it's like you 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 we had sex okay good that's great you know <laughs> But then he's like, oh, the last time we did it, you know. I know. Like, I was like, sure. do you have to go there? Like, honestly, no. now you made her go. Do now I don't even blame her for needing to go do drugs <laughs> to hang out with you. Because but now she wants to get married. <laughs> I know. I was like, you're going to regret that when you come down from this high. But I couldn't, like, okay. Oh, a lot of that was happening. I get it. I get it. It's the only thing I can focus on. Like, notice the camera work that was coming, like, from through a window. Yes. Okay, I was like, is that not where Willow and Michael had sex and were caught cheating? <laughs> I did not. It pick feels up like on the it. same room to me. So a lot of the for a lot of that, I was like, it's the same room. Like it looks like the same room. I'm like, it might be a different bed, but I remember the windows being like that and the brick. So yeah, I that's where I'm you, at. Yeah, I, you I know. That. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I have two lines, and then we'll wrap this show up. So one of my favorite lines was from Joss, and we did mention the other ones earlier with Anna and Obrick. Yeah. Um, this one was, you can't ignore Nesme and expect it to go away. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of love that one. And then Scott said a line. <laughs> he said, I'm pretty sure he was talking to Betsy, because I don't know who else he could be talking to. But he said, you kidnap any kids lately? 
I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Because I realized, because at first I was like, oh, is it like Aiden? And I realized, no, like Franco. <laughs> like, his child, yeah. Yeah, so we did it. We did all the things we got through this week. We Everyone did. have a fantastic weekend. And that's a wrap. Bye. Bye.